podcasting from inside of a marketing agency, this is the Marketing Department Podcast, where we have candid ideas and curated content for the everyday marketer. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Zeke, and I'm here with Eric. I don't know why it always throws you off when I... Do the toss. Oh, it doesn't throw me off anymore. I just wait on purpose. On purpose, just Mm -hmm. to really bother me? Just to bother you. I know it does. So I I don't know a lot of people out there who know how to push my buttons like you do. It's a gift. It is a gift. And I hate it because we have to see each other every day. And you just like, you know what? This time I'm going to do this to really just... mm." Yep. And you keep falling right into it. Okay. You ask the same question every time. That too is a gift. (laughs) (laughs) That too is a gift. Hey, we are talking about websites. Last week, we answered the question, do I even need a website? Does my business need a website or is social media okay? So we dove into that a little bit and we're actually talking about user experience this week. So this is really on Eric's side this week and I'm excited about everything he has to talk about. He's got some really good stuff. Again, just answering that question of why it's so important to have a website and so this is our week two, and we've got a few more things that we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks. And so we're going to jump right in. Eric, talk a little bit about why it's important. The user experience is so important. Yeah, absolutely. So we want to start with the fact that you are judged by your website as a business. It actually takes about 50 milliseconds for someone to form an opinion about your website. And I mean, just think about it for yourself. How many times have you gone to a website and as soon as you click on it, you know, you definitely know when you're not going to buy something from that site. And that is one of those things that simply comes from being judged by your website. So, you know, they say don't judge a book by its cover, but I'm telling you that does not matter when it comes to websites. Nah, I judge like crazy when I get on a website. I'm like, nah, no, they're not getting my money. In fact, I feel like they're going to steal all my money. That See, that. No yeah, joke. I have that feeling all the time. Yeah. yeah. And that, and that happens, I mean, that happens everywhere. It happens on social media. Anywhere that there's the design does not look good. It's like, not only does this look like I don't want to use it, but it also looks super shady and something bad might happen. Yeah, there's a certain level of comfort, I think, that happens whenever you see something that's quality. And then obviously the added disclaimers like, hey, you're protected whenever you put in your financial information here. Yeah. But if it doesn't start with the quality, then I'm out. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, and the other thing is, is that a great website is distinguishable from the competitor's website. So being able to, oftentimes when people are looking on a actual website, if they don't, if they make it past Google, sometimes people just stop at Google. To be honest, you're looking for something nearby, you see it on Google and you're like, boom, I call that number. You don't even make it to the website. But if someone actually makes it to your website, more than likely, they have been to your competitor's website as well. And they're trying to figure out, do I want to use this company or this company? And oftentimes that decision is made based on looks. Yeah, that's true. And so I think for me, whenever I first came to our company, there were a lot of terms that we would use that I was like, I don't know what that means. UX is one of those terms or one of those, what am I trying to say here? Phrases? Abbreviation? Abbreviation, yep. Yeah, abbreviations. And I was like, I don't know what that stands for, but this one is one that we toss around all the time, specifically regarding websites, obviously, 
What does UX mean? Yeah, bud, you were really great at nodding your head a lot at the beginning. Just, mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> UX, yeah. Boy, mm-hmm. I'm a pro at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so UX, you'll hear that often in the marketing world, but it simply stands for user experience. And I actually wanted to look up the actual definition of it. And so what, what it came out to be is user experience focuses on having a deep understanding of users, what they need, what they value, their abilities, and also their limitations. And so UX best practices promote improving the quality of the user's interaction with and perceptions of your product and any related services. So that right there kind of goes back into the being judged part. Like it's the perception of your product based on what it is, but also it's figuring out what your customer needs in order to make a purchase. If they're there to make a purchase or to contact or whatever your call to action is, if they're there for that purpose, what steps need to happen on your website in order for that to be a very easy experience? When we say user experience, another word you can add in there is is a simple user experience. Yeah, if I mean, would you think that it's safe to say that anything you do regarding your website, first of all, even having a website in the first place, but anything that you do regarding your website ends up having to do with user experience because it's all about getting the deal done, so to speak. And so user experience is literally at the top of mind anytime that you're working on your website. And that's one of my favorite things is to decide, okay, what is the user thinking here? What is the best setup for them in this situation? And what's going to make them pull the trigger? Yeah. And this is something that is not any different than what the world has experienced since the beginning of business, but it just happens to be on an online platform. So at the beginning, if we, if we can back up and think about like user experience at a restaurant before the internet was around before then it's the same at a restaurant. Now the owner of the restaurant, the manager wants to have a good experience for that. The customer that walks in, someone walks in, where do I go to order my food? Do I talk to a waitress? Do I talk to a host? Do I seat myself? Do I, you know, what kind of feel, what kind of user experience do you want? And that has always been a thing since the beginning of time. But when it went to having websites made and things like that, there was a transition in there where people began to make their own websites, but they're not the technology mindset wasn't necessarily there or the user experience wasn't. It was more about, let me make it about myself. Like I just need to get my contact up. So people would just put the phone number, just put, you know, something very basic, but it didn't come with a very good user experience. It simply came with information. And sometimes people are looking for information, but even within information, how do they get to what they're mainly asking for is, is the key. And so that depends on a lot of things. One of the first thing that depends on is speed. And so, you know, speed is, it's, it's 2020. It's very different than, I mean, even when we were in high school, I mean, but tell our age here, back in 04, 05, you know, like Facebook was just starting back then. I want to hear your best dial up impression. Oh man. I'm calling you out. I don't know. Where, I always feel like I have to throw a tongue roll in any impression. You do. Make. You do. Happens. Man, that was I, pretty good, by the way. I got pretty red. I don't know why. I'm like super embarrassed. So. I, well, you did great. Okay, thanks, man. Good work. Proud All right. Yep. I'm sweating. Cool. So you're talking about the need for speed. So the need for That's speed. Top yeah. Gun business. That's and, right. Yeah. And so I think for me, whenever I feel like something's not moving fast, I don't know if it's my personality or what, but if a website's not moving fast, I'm going, well, obviously they don't know what they're doing. So a uh, need for speed. And here's here's why you feel that way. Everything is about speed now. Think about, again, let's get out of the internet, go to what people experience daily when they're not on the internet. Let's go back to a restaurant. 
Need for Speed. I'm, we're about to go to lunch here in a little bit, and our lunch is going to come out. We're going to go order. We know where we're going. We're going to go order, and within three minutes, we'll have our sandwich, and it's going to be awesome because we have that need for speed, and, and they know that expectation, and so it comes like that. You know, People aren't patient when it comes to online because of, I would say, because of how social media has progressed. So it used to be Facebook. Let's make big, long posts. Let's you know do all that. Now it eventually went into Vine. Remember old Vine? The little seven, seven seconds. I don't feel like it lasted. Very, was it seven or six seconds? Whatever it was. I don't remember. It actually. didn't last very long. Six seconds. Is that right, Brittany? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I feel like it wasn't a like a. Yeah, it didn't last very long. Right. Yeah. It, it was, well, it was, six seconds. Yep. And then next. So now we're in the TikTok world. It's a little bit longer. They decided six seconds wasn't, you know, maybe not, maybe not the best fit for social media. <laughs> so with TikTok being, you know, a super big platform right now, we're just simply in a swipe it if you don't like it world, if you could say it swipe like that. But if you don't like it. Seriously, it's like it's like, man, I don't want to watch this. Swipe. I don't want to watch this. Swipe. Same thing. I'm going to go to your website. If I don't like it, I'm oh, this is going to be so cheesy. I'm going to swipe it. I don't know where that's coming oh. from. I didn't even mean to say that. That's okay. Keep that's, going. That's dial up in that comment or I'm going to leave a bears uh by. <laughs> man, I am getting old. That's okay. Swipe it if you don't like it. Swipe it if you don't like it. <laughs> if you put it with a British accent, it sounds like more, it feels cool. Yeah. yeah. Swipe it if you don't like it. Oh, see, there you go. Now, yeah. we're, now we're doing it. Now we're good. So as far as speed goes, you know, speed is not only the look of it, the feel of it, how long you want to stay around it, but it's also, it affects your SEO. So your, your ranking on Google or on Yahoo or Bing or any of those search engines, like your SEO matters when it comes to speed. The slower your website is, the less it will be shown on those those factors. Can I ask a weird question? And you may not know the answer to this because you don't actually do the website side of side of things. Side of things. Yep. But you know a lot about what is important. What is important for a good website? What may, what could make a website slow? Oh yeah, big images is typically one of the biggest problems so people especially if you manage your own website most of the time people go take a picture even with, even with a cell phone these days these are pretty sizable pictures when you turn your phone sideways take a picture i mean those are pretty high quality pretty big pictures so when you take that picture and you just upload it as an image into your image gallery on your website it is going to be big it's a, it's a lot of usage on the site so you do that times a hundred, it's just going to slow your site down. So you've got to optimize images before they get on the site. Okay. So things like that, videos that are in HD, that kind of thing. Videos that are on the site versus hosted on YouTube and just streaming through that. Ah, okay. See, I'm learning something new right now. I didn't even think about that. Hosting, where you host your site, how much data is given to, to the hosting side. That may not be the right word, but you get what I'm saying there. Okay. Yeah. Lots, a lot of things go into it. And so, you know, the speed is one factor of user engagement, but then also attractiveness. Attractiveness keeps engagement. And man, that's true. And (laughs) we both just made the same face. That was awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. So 38% of people will stop engaging with the website if the content or the layout is unattractive. So that's just one of those things where if you're on a website and even even if it has good images, but the but the way the the words are laid out, you're not going to make it. Are you? You have to stop, don't you? <laughs> this feels so wrong, and I don't know why. It does. It does. <laughs> Anyways, a good looking website is easier on the eyes, and will keep you engaged more. Keep going, bud. Yep, yep. This is going great. I didn't write these notes. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So anyway, back to what I was saying. Movement on the page is another thing. So we have, we're talking about content. So, you know, think about think about a Word document. Take it out of the website again. This is always good marketing, just FYI. If you're talking about things on the internet and you want to make it better, you want to know what people think, take yourself out of the project on the internet and put it onto something else. So for instance, I'm looking at notes on a piece of paper right now, written out. These are really well-organized notes. There's number one with a bullet point, bullet point two, and all the things, and it has, has indentions and everything. So it makes it very easy for me to read, to see, to want to keep looking at this versus if this was just written in one giant paragraph. Same goes for website as far as how your content is laid out. So for clarification's sake, you're talking about attractiveness keeps engagement as far as the website's concerned, but now you're describing what does it mean to have an attractive website? Yep. And so you're talking about things like movement and those types of things. So now you're actually getting practical. Hey, what does that even mean? What makes a website attractive? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, users spend an average, this is an average of 5.59 seconds looking at a website's written content, which means that's not very long. So you're not going to engage people with a giant paragraph on your website. And that's something that we see over and over and over is people come to us with their website and say, hey, I want to update my website. And they have just paragraphs of information, which used to be something that was actually okay, because that's how Google ranked you was based on your content. So the content being the words that are on there, there still is some of that, but it's not near the extent as it used to be. So now it's all about the user and what the user experiences. So movement on the page, how the content is laid out. And then, and then I would say, you know, less is just always more when it comes to websites. 46% of consumers base their decision on the credibility of a website from its visual appeal and aesthetics. So at the end of the day, when it comes to user experience, looking good matters when it's, that's often overlooked when it comes to people trying to make websites. Last, I would say with that, is to use Hotjar. We talked about this last week. There's a couple other companies out there that do this, but Hotjar is the one we, we typically go to. But find the data on your site. Literally look at Hotjar. If you didn't listen to last week's, we talked about it. But Hotjar, it allows you to see what people actually do on your site. It allows you to see when they, if they get to your website and they scroll for, let's say, two seconds or two scrolls, and then all of a sudden they leave, then you're able to see, okay, People keep doing that over and over and over. It's got to be something within those two scrolls that's making people not want to stick around. So having the data behind that is really going to help you drive your UX. Yeah, that's really good. Hey, if you're liking what we're talking about, we've got more coming up. But first, we're going to take a little bit of a break. A little bit of a break. We're looking for interns this fall. And this conversation is with one of our interns. Her name is Michelle. She's incredible. She pays attention and she's really been an asset in the last couple of months that she's been here and she's going to be here in the fall as well. So you guys listen in to this and uh, think about becoming an intern at Green Fox. Hey everybody, we are taking a little break here to invite some folks who want to be interns. Folks is like an old, I'm kind of old, so I say folks. That's okay. It's okay. It happens. If you want to intern here at a marketing company, this little break is for you. So we have one of our interns here. This is Michelle. Michelle, how long have you been at Green Fox? Almost two months. Almost two months. I gave you the toss-up question to get you ready for the rest of the questions coming. So I hope you're ready. I'm ready. I'm going to curveball you here in just a little bit. Okay. So get ready. Tell okay. us a little bit about yourself. So I'm a senior ag communications major at Charleston State University. So just right down the road in Steamville, Texas. 
And for me to be able to complete my major and graduate, I have to have an internship. And so that's why I'm here at Green Fox. Here you are. Here you are. You're doing awesome so far. Every time you're in a meeting or we're all hanging out, I can see you just soaking everything in. And so that's been fun watching you uh, get to learn a little bit and get thrown in the fire a little bit as well. What does day-to-day look like for you here? So day-to-day right now is I am on the digital team and I am helping with social media. So I've taken on some of Green Fox's clients and doing their daily social media posts. So I have posts that go out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then some just Wednesday, Friday. So my clients are a little different and I get to become them and be able to post for them. And so that's been really fun to be able to learn how to become that client and how to post for that client and to reach their certain audiences. And so in the fall, I'm actually going to take on a new campaign and kind of take on my own little client as, I guess you could say, the director of that client and be the person that talks to them directly from Green Fox and then is able to say, hey, we need this graphic or we need this done for this client and kind of direct, I guess, almost my own little team to get a different viewpoint of a different part of the marketing world. Yep, that's going to be awesome. We had that kickoff meeting the other day, and you were asking all the right questions. You were so natural at it, so that's that was good. fun. That's good. Yeah, so one of the things, this break is turning into a little bit longer than I was thinking, but this is good. So I love like trying to take people on our team and turn them into advocates for our partners, for our brand partners that we're working with. And you even using that language earlier to be able to take on their voice and who they are to Mm -hmm. be an advocate for that. You're doing a really good job at it. And it's something that we try to instill here. So if you're interested in being an intern, we want you to send us an email at info at greenfox.io. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you go to school, what year you're in right now. And so we'll reach out to you and see if you're a good fit. But we'd love to have you in the fall and you can come hang out with Michelle and some of our crew here at Green Fox. We'd love to have you again. That email is info at greenfox.io. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. That was Michelle. She's awesome. Again, a killer. And we want you to come and hang out with us this fall at our marketing company. Again, it's called Green Fox. And we've got, well, endless places available for you to come and hang out all the places yeah whether you're creative or but i don't want to just limit it to just creatives i mean if you're in what you may be an account director type of person then come and hang out with us and spend some time in my office and let's talk through some things and you're really going to get to dive in deep so anyways info at greenfox.io and send us your information and we'd love to talk to you. So we're continuing our conversation about websites and now we're going to dig into content a little bit. And if you've got a website, you've got to put stuff on it and that's content. Eric, talk about it. Yeah, this is probably the hardest part to convince people of what matters. And it's talking about quality over quantity when it comes to content. A lot of it has to do with what is true of the past for the past, I don't know how many years it has been true that your content needs to be all the things that you do and you need to have it all over your site. You need to have it 55 times. So for instance, if you're a lawn care company, you need to have the word lawn care written as many times as possible so that your SEO can stand out and you can be found on Google. However, over the past years, that has changed significantly. Some would even say that you actually get docked in Google for doing that, kind of writing almost a false content, if you will. I'm amazed, no joke, excuse me for a second. I'm amazed at no one knowing the Google SEO algorithms. Yep. 
Like we do all these things, all these marketing companies do all these things to try to figure out what Google is going to do to put people at the top. And it's hard to figure out. Yeah. It's yep. like the biggest secret. A lot of it is they change it. I mean, they literally just change it over and over and over and over. And they'll tell you some of the things like, hey, we changed this. and But not everything. They're um, just scratching the surface just to tease you a little that's bit. That's exactly right. Okay. So when it comes to that, you know, website content should focus on on three major things. And it's really your persona, the people you're trying to reach, your target keywords, and then your solution. So really, a lot of this, the way that we have taken this is coming from, I feel like we talk about this guy a lot. We need Donald Miller to just, you know, that's because he's a genius. He is a genius. We're having a marketing podcast, and he has a marketing podcast, and we learn a lot from his marketing podcast. That's right. So Donald Miller, he, he has this book out called Story Brand, and in the, there's a section on websites. And on the website section, really it's this whole thing when it comes to your brand, but he really narrows it down to this. But he talks about making it about your customer. So making everything you do about the customer or the client that, that is on your site. And so, you know, the way he talks about it is really kind of like Alfred and Batman. You are Alfred. You're the guide to the person's issue. The customer is Batman. They are the hero. We want to make them feel like the hero. So everyone who buys something is facing some issue, some problem in their life. It may not seem like a problem. For instance, holding this Topo Chico, sponsor us, holding this Topo Chico right now. And at some point, we bought this because... One, we are tired of drinking water. Two, we're thirsty. So that's that's our problem. Those are the issues that we have. So we solved it by making a purchase from whatever store we purchased these from. That goes for everything you ever buy. It doesn't matter what it is. You buy hair product to make your hair look better because your hair doesn't look good without product. So you do that and so forth and so on. So whenever you do that, though, if you try to sound like the hero, if you try to sound like buy our product. It's the best. No one can do any better than us. It almost kind of can be a turnoff in that way. Like I don't really want to buy from you because it doesn't make me feel like I accomplished what I was trying to do. And I think that's such a huge point. I mean, even this morning, so we have an executive assistant who to our leadership, she takes care of a lot of what the task that we need taken care of amongst a, a million other things. But she sent us a list. She's off today. She sent us a list of all the things that we needed to look at for the day, all the things that she had addressed, everything that where we were at on certain projects or whatever. And then at the end, she sent us this encouraging word to make us feel like, hey, you guys are doing exactly what you're supposed to do. This is how you lead matters. And what she did was she even though she's the one doing the work, getting things taken care of, she helped me feel like, she helped us as leadership feel like we were doing the right thing, we're heading in the right direction. She made us feel like we were being taken care of and that we were doing the right thing. And so I think in a way, for websites or marketing in general, I mean, if you can make people feel that way, then it feels like they're there. It's about them. It's about them feeling important. It's about them and whatever problem they're dealing with. These issues are coming up, but we're getting them handled for you. Then you're going to win. Yeah, absolutely. And so it, it's it's pretty hard to translate that into business sometimes if you don't make action to do it. You actually have to think about it with every piece of content that you that you write, the way you design your site, all those things. And so like 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 everything else, you want to be clear with your content. Some a phrase you'll hear us say a lot is clear over cute. You do want it to look good, but 
don't try to write some phrase that just sounds cool that isn't clear because at the end of the day, you want to be clear over cute. And so you want to strive for high quality that compels your audience to act upon the CTA. So you have a call to action on your site. You should have a call to action on your site. If you don't, it's a different story. But you have a call to action on your site that you want people to do something. And the more high quality your content is, the more likely they are to click on that CTA. So it's very, very, very important that you do that. So 38% of people will stop engaging with a website if the content or layout is unattractive. You know, we said that earlier, and that's one of those things that is so, so true. And I do it every, I can't get on a website that looks bad. I just can't do it. I immediately bounce out of there because I just know that it's not a standard of quality of something that I want. Next would be simple navigation. So we talked about quality over quantity. Now we're talking about simplicity in the navigation. Navigation acts as a roadmap. So organize it in a clear way that your audience can easily find what they're looking for. How many times have you gone to a website and you're like, I just want to find the phone number, you know, just something simple like that. And you can't find it. And it's because the navigation isn't simple. Some people want to find what do you do as a business? So maybe instead of typing in whatever words that you could come up with that are, quote, cute, why don't you just type our work if that's what people want to see, you know? And so just making it very clear and simple. Yeah, I think all of this is so good. So if you're if we're recapping for a second before we get to the last point, which is going to be easy conversion, we're talking about things that make a website attractive. And again, speed is super important. The details as far as like, how do you define attractiveness? Talking about movement on a page, less is more. And then obviously talking about things like quality and navigation. All of those things right there help somebody engage in a website. And it's part of what makes people stay on and actually engage where they trust. Which again, we keep going back to that word trust. But if you trust whatever product or whatever service that you're going after, then you're going to be able to eventually move that potential customer or client to a position where they feel like they can engage in your product, purchase your product or whatever. What is this conversion? Talk about conversion for a little bit. Yeah, it actually comes down to exactly what you just said. That whole, if people can trust you, then they can make an easy conversion and they're going to trust you by all those things that we've listed before. And so you just simply want to make it simple at the end of the day, at the end of the day, your website for you as a business owner is to, or, or a manager or a marketing person is designed to make someone convert. You want, you, you're trying to get something. You're trying to get a sale. You're trying to get your product sold, your service sold, you, the next conversation, whatever it may be, whatever that conversion is to you, that's the purpose of your site. So if it's not simple for someone to do that, that has to change. And if, again, let's take it out of the internet. Let's go to a retail store. I go and I try to buy a new shirt, new t-shirt, one new t-shirt. So I go to the store. If they decided to put the entrance to the store at the back of the building when all the other entrances are at the front of the building, that would be confusing and it would be like, so how do I get into this store? Cute idea, but it's not clear. Exactly. So what that causes is for me to walk up to the door and go, I don't know how to get in here to buy the product. That happens over and over and over and over on a website. And that is something that I can't express how important it is to change that mindset and really help people guide them through to be the hero in whatever it is their problem is they're trying to solve. 
Yeah, that's good. So all of these things are really, really important as far as people, as far as the user experience is concerned. I mean, all of these things are engaging. It helps to be simple. It's helpful to be clear over cute every single time, right down to the call to action or how to get the make the conversion take place. But one of the other things that you can think about is trends. I mean, everything has trends, right? So I also sell real estate. If you've listened to our podcast since the beginning, you've also heard that it's important for me to pay attention to trends to see what people are into. Like if I've got potential buyers, then I'm going to talk to, I primarily work with builders and and new development. If I know what people are into right now, these days, then I'm going to encourage my builders or my developers to work on certain things in order to draw in more builders. It's the, I mean, more buyers. It's the same thing for websites. So talk about trends for just a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So this trend on this specific podcast is going to seem like that's not a trend that's been around forever, especially if you're a marketing person and you're going to get it. But it's making your website mobile friendly. Okay, so the reason why we're putting this as a, quote, trend is because of how many people still don't have mobile-friendly websites. It blows my mind. Blows the mind yeah. every time. Yeah. So the the idea is that there are, there are just so many people walking around, whether you go on a trip, whether you're out at lunch, whether you're whatever the case may be, that phone is in your pocket. And it's somewhere very close to you. And the likelihood of you going when you're not sitting at a desk, the likelihood that you're going to walk to a desk somewhere, get on a computer and go to the website is just small these days when you have a cell phone right in front of you. So making your site mobile friendly is unbelievably important today. It's crazy because do you remember the old, I think it was Britannica encyclopedia? Oh, yeah, I do. Like if you needed some information about a specific thing, and I actually remember this when I was younger, I had a whole, the whole Britannica library. Same. Yep, I, remember. I mean, it was crazy. And so I remember, man, I want to learn more about this, whatever it was. And I would have to go walk to the living room, look up this library and then pull this book, whatever, you know, if it started with a D, I got to find a D. Okay. Oh man, it's missing because my brother used it to build a racetrack, <laughs> you know, and find whatever I could to actually get that information. And now everything is in our pocket. Yep. Everything is in our pocket and people want, because we talked about this earlier, speed, the need for speed, right? Mm-hmm. We want to know things now. We want to be able to get that information now. So gone are the days of having to look up information about silly questions. We can ask Siri things that used to take us 30 minutes to research on the Britannica encyclopedias, yep. right? And so it's the same thing whenever we're thinking about a product or we need a product. We want it now. Yep. I mean, why do you think it's so important for Amazon to have prime shipping? is because we want things now. And so accessibility, having it on your phone is unbelievably important. And the stats are insane. They're absolutely insane for when people are looking at their phone to start their research on whatever, whether or not they pull the trigger when they're ordering something or whatever, or they just begin their search on their phone. It's insane how people do that. Yeah. And one of those stats is 88% of consumers who search for a type of business on a mobile device, call or go to that business within 24 hours. 88%. 
that is an insane stat when it comes to that kind of thing. And so the idea behind this is just you can't wait any longer. Mobile friendly has been out for years and years and years, but yet people still still think of it as like this new, oh man, I guess we need to think about getting our mobile our site mobile friendly. It it's really it's going by the time some people decide to make their site mobile friendly, mobile friendendly will be out the door. There's going to be something else new. Remember, I mean, think about how fast things change. Depending on your age, you probably remember walking into a blockbuster at some point to buy a movie. That's where I met one of my best friends, Alan not, Evans. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, he worked wow. at a blockbuster. And anyways, that was my bud. And here we are years later, and he makes the videos that you see from us sometimes. Wow. Wow. Mind blown. Boom. But it wasn't that long ago that we were walking into blockbuster buying a movie, taking it home, having to pay late fees, and bringing it back. And that was the way it was. Well, Blockbuster decided not to change the way they always did things, and here comes Netflix and took over the world. And, oh, man, I love hearing that story about Netflix offering their service to Blockbuster. Blockbuster had the chance to buy Netflix, and they turned it down, and then they fell apart. Look it up. It's incredible. I'm going to have to look that up on my cell phone. You should. Right on your mobile device, you can find plenty of articles on people's mobile-friendly websites. So anyway, that is just, it's one of those things that like things change faster now than they ever have before. And so mobile-friendly, get on the train while you can. Now we're going to talk about, we're going to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about your website as a, as a sales funnel. A lot of people are listening to the podcast. They're probably in sales. They have something to do with sales, selling the product, whatever it may be. But what we see a lot at our marketing agency is there's not really any kind of formal way to sell your service. And so what I mean by that in a sales funnel is literally picture like a funnel, like an oil funnel that you have. Dallas boy trying to talk about oh, changing your oil. Man, I don't know anything about that. It's by the cool. Way. Keep going. You know what they did the other day? I went and got my oil changed, and they made me stay in my truck, pull it into the oil thing. I was like, I'm going to fall in that giant hole. What do you mean? It was stressful. In the oil thing. In the bay? <laughs> <laughs> oil bay? Where the watermelon. <laughs> him, uh-huh. Yes. Down by the bay. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. keep yep. going. Okay, Sorry. back to websites. So anyway, the funnel, the idea is that like at the top of the funnel is just kind of, it catches all. It's like your catch-all. This is where the biggest part of the funnel is where people just see your business on a billboard, let's say. Well, the farther down the funnel you get, the closer you get to actually making a sale if you're in, in the sales side. It's a conversion. It's a conversion, yeah. And so what happens is oftentimes people have one of two. They have the, con- the conversion piece and they have the top of the funnel, but they don't have the middle. And the middle is really where if you can focus on that, you can up your sales by a tremendous amount. And so what that looks like is treating your website as a funnel. Sometimes people are coming to your site because they do want to do the conversion thing right then. They're looking for your phone number. They're looking for how do I contact these people? I'm ready to do something. Other people are just kind of checking it out. What do these people do? We hear this a lot. We heard this from a, a guy yesterday, Zeke, that where he said, yeah, we've heard about you guys. We've been, you know, we live in your town. We've heard about what y'all do. We work with this other company, but we've heard about you through the years, you know. But a way to get those people, not just get them in the funnel, the website can keep them in your funnel. So idea behind that would be lead generation creation. So something like a PDF of five things your business does. So for us, it could be like five 
tips for having better user experience, for instance. Someone's on our site, they're just checking stuff out, all of a sudden a pop-up comes or whatever you prefer, 10 seconds into their visit, pop-up, would you like this free download, five things to fix your UX right now? All they have to do is enter their email address and then boom, they're in the process of your funnel. You can now set up automated emails to go to them. You can now retarget them in different ways, but it's getting them into your funnel and using your website for that is just key in making this funnel successful. Yeah. And I think part of that too is what are you doing with that funnel? I mean, you're getting people, you're getting their information. Now what? And I think that's the game changer there too. Absolutely. Offering value over and over and over is what people are looking for. They want value from their time spent with you. And so that's what they're looking for when they're on your site and in your funnel. And so you've got to get people to pull the trigger, right? Yeah. So one of my favorite things to do is to think about, to dream about what is our actual call to action? Like we use the term CTA or like that right there will get people to pull the trigger. And so I think about it all the time in in regards to whether or not it should be simple, should it be a little more complicated, who's our target audience here. Talk about the call to action for a little bit. Yeah, so the call to action, you know, when I think of a good website, I always think of Apple. So if you always want to know, like, what's a good website I could go to to kind of base this off of? Apple is great from several aspects, their brand and also just their website as a whole. But I literally typed it in as you were just talking through CTAs because I just wanted to see what they had here, and they have exactly what we're going to talk about. So every website especially landing pages, needs to have a call to action. And and to take that a step further, your homepage in those call to actions is unbelievably important. And so our suggestion is that you have three call to actions minimum on your homepage. One above the fold, above the fold, if you don't, if you aren't familiar with that term, it simply means once I go to a website, for instance, apple.com, I see the call to action. They have two things that they're asking me. Do I want to learn more or do I want to buy? And it's as soon as you go, I don't have to scroll or anything else. It's asking me to do that. The other calls to action would be as you scroll and you go down to the very next section on the site, have another one right there, but it's the same thing, the same call to action. Then the last one would be down at the bottom of your site, not necessarily the footer, but right above the footer, somewhere down there as they've been scrolling, and then it's another call to action. So at minimum, have a three of those call to, calls to action. I don't know if y'all can hear this, but there, this, there's, there's a new dog in the house that we talked about. There is a new dog. Eric has a puppy, and it's just south of my feet. Yeah. Yeah, he's just he's just taking a nap. That's all he does. No, he's awake right now, dude. Okay. You keep doing your thing. I'll I'll close this out here in a second, but I'm gonna pick up this puppy. Can you imagine him being under your feet in a year? This is a great dane. I mean, he doesn't mess around. He's no. huge. Huge. And he's huge. only eight weeks old. Eight weeks old. <laughs> yeah, he's huge. So anyway, those calls to action are I mean, again, it's why you have a website is to get those conversions. So, you know, 70% of small businesses' websites lack a call to action, which is crazy because that's why you have the site. So it's almost, you know, you know it's just the, it's the finishing touch. It's the making a car, but not putting the wheels on it. It's like, what's the purpose of this thing? You got to have the wheels. So, you know, take advantage of this high percentage and, and stand out from your competitors by utilizing CTAs across your site. I don't think you can have too many, to be honest. I mean, you can, but just you can't. (laughs) Yeah, how you use them is important, obviously. So I love that analogy of it's like having a car without wheels. Obviously, if you are trying to go somewhere, 
you can have the car. It's got the engine and everything, but if you don't have the wheels, you're not getting anywhere. And a call to action is what's going to get you somewhere. And so that's the whole point, right? This was a great mix of practical information and then just a good foundation of knowledge as well, just to know why it's important to have a website. It's so good. Next week, we're going to talk about using a company to build your website versus doing it yourself and why it may be important. Listen, we know that we're a marketing company, but we're not trying to sell you on us building your website necessarily. It may be smarter, honestly. It may be smarter for you to do your website yourself, but we're going to actually talk about the differences and why it may be important, depending on where you're at in business or what you want to accomplish on your website to use a marketing company or to be able to do it yourself. Again, we're talking about websites all month. We're also going to talk about at the end of the month, maintaining your website Hey, if you want to know where your brand stands online, then you can fill out a brand assessment on our website. It's greenfox.io forward slash brand dash assessment. And we're going to get with you and talk through the details of where you stand online against your competitors. And I know that's so important to identify where you stand, where you're at, and you can do that right on our website. Our website is greenfox.io if you want to check out some more information. And we're also looking for interns. Remember that awesome commercial break we did earlier to make ourselves feel more official? Remember that, Eric? Oh, I remember. I remember. And you can go to or email us at info at greenfox.io and let us know if you're interested in an internship in the fall. We've got a great internship opportunity. We literally let you dive into everything that we're doing, whether it has to do with campaigns or it has to do with the business side of our clients. We're letting you in the meetings so you can learn. So if you're a creative or you're not, and you kind of tend to think from a higher elevation, I like to talk about the 30,000 foot view. If you think like that, we've got a place for you. So come hang out with us. It may be virtually. You may not even live here in Texas or close to our hometown, but you can still be a part of what we're doing here. And we would love for you to come on board. So let's talk again. Email us at info at greenfox.io. We don't want you for to forget about all of our social media accounts as well. And follow us online. We did a brand giveaway not that long ago, and we began the process of begun or began? All of them. Did you sneeze just now? I couldn't think of what to say. Uh, I, I, was, I was thinking about me wanting to intern here. I want to intern here. You want to intern that here. That sounds fun. You don't have to. You're paid. Okay. You're good. You started this dead gum thing. I started as an intern here. Yeah. <laughs> didn't make much, but I did anyhow. <laughs> so anyways, we've got a lot of opportunities for you to come and hang out with us. And again, email us at info at greenfox.io. We hope you guys have a great week and we'll talk to you next time.